0: I'm just going to share a little bit about my life, Um, not my full testimony or anything, but just what God's been doing in the past three years. And um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. It's just gone really fast. I feel like my life has completely changed in the past three years. And I just wanted to share what God's shown me in that time. And, um, you know, there's some overall um, messages that God has been teaching me over this time, and, and I've been sharing, so if, you, uh, if we've uh, joined in dinner together, or if you're a rooted parent, or if you're a rooted teacher, you might be saying, like, I, I think I've heard this message before. It's, it's because I've been talking about it quite a bit, and so, but I, I get this chance um, to, to just put it all in one place, and so we're going to use the uh, series Bible quote from James one twenty two that we've been uh, looking at says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. That's in James 1.22. And I love that last line, do what it says. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I get a lot of time with the children in our church. So um, if you don't recognize me, I know there's some faces that I don't really know. That's because I'm always upstairs. I get to spend every Sunday with our children. And like I said, we've, we've brought a lot of these, these points today. And so usually this is the point where I'm talking to parents and saying, hey, can you help your child fill out their discussion notes, okay? But I'm going to ask today, can I get all the kids' attention? Can I get everybody's eyes, all the kids? I need you guys to help your parents this time, okay? Yeah, I need you guys to be helping your parents because this is stuff I think that you guys have had some time to work through, but this will be a little new for your parents. So I need you guys to help with me. Um, like I said, my life, I feel where I was three years ago and where I am now, I, I, feel, like, I, I feel like a new Christian. I feel like um, some of these songs that we sing about, um, you know, patience when I, when I shouldn't have patience or, or joy when I wouldn't normally have joy as a non-Christian, I feel like these things have kind of come into my life. And, but the the funny thing is, is I've been a Christian since I was a little kid. Um, I remember in my bedroom, I was about three or four years old, and I had a prayer with my dad, and I accepted Christ. And I was baptized when I was in elementary school, like some of our kids have been baptized. But um, the life change I had then wasn't as extreme as the life change I've had in the past few years. And so it actually made me really question my faith. And to where I, I had to have some serious conversations with Pastor Youngho, and I'm like, was I even a Christian before? Like, I, this, is the, this is the change I've had, like, where I'm even questioning if I was a Christian before. And um, he helped me work through that and, and helped me understand, um, yes, yes, Dustin, you were, you were a Christian, don't, don't worry. Um, but uh, it's just, I, I feel like I have this power inside of me now, and I have this strength, and I have uh, like I said, patience. You know, we, we have generally 35 to 40 kids up and Rooted. It gets noisy, and um, not everybody is sitting nicely in their chairs like they are right now. Uh, sometimes they're running around the room. And this is a, a time where the old me would have said, like, had this frustration, and um, maybe even had an angry voice, angry teacher voice, <laughs> and where God's given me this patience. And so I... As I'm working through this, I'm realizing that I never really um, acknowledged the Holy Spirit inside of me. And so I'm going through this whole life. I'm, I, I get saved when I'm a little kid, and I, and I come up into my life, and I'm following all the rules. I'm doing what my parents tell me to do. I'm going to church every Sunday, um, but I, and I'm following the rules. Like, we talk about the law here a lot. I was definitely following the law, and I felt like I was being a good Christian, right? Right? But without acknowledging that power, I was missing the whole point of what Jesus is, right? Because I, I was looking at Christianity as my ticket to heaven. And so I've got this ticket. I've got to, like, struggle through life, and I just got to get through it until someday I'll be free. And then I can go to heaven, and this will all be over. But, I, you know, that power inside of me and not realizing it is like uh, Pastor Youngho used an example a few uh, weeks ago about having a bank account that you don't know about. You know, there's a million dollars in this bank account, and maybe I'm struggling with money, I can't pay my bills, I can't pay my rent, I have some problems, but I'm a millionaire, right? But if I don't know that that million dollars is there, it, it has no power, it, it can't help me, it can't, it can't be any strength to me, right? Or if my cell phone battery goes dead, right? And maybe I have a battery in my backpack, but I, I don't realize it. It's in my backpack. I have the source to give my cell phone some, batter, some power, but I don't know it. If I don't know it's there, it's, it's useless to me, right? And th- that's why I feel like the Holy Spirit has been to me. It's been, um, it's, I don't want to say useless. He's, 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 he's still like shouting in my ear, but lately I've been hearing the whispers, and, and that's what's been really powerful. And so um, we're going we're gonna to do something here today. Um, as we go through the service, we're going to have a little quiz And this is for the kids. And this is mostly some review for you guys. And uh, Miss Jamie is going to give you guys uh, three shekels (laughs) if you can answer this question. I want to know, who's in rooted class or unlimited class? If you're in rooted or unlimited, okay, I'm talking to you. I want to know, how long will I live? How long will I live? Uh, Let's pick somebody very close to the front, yes? Yes. Until I'm 100 years old. I hope I can live until I'm 100 years old. But it was a trick question. And I forgot to tell you that I'm a Christian. Okay? So if I'm a Christian, and I'll probably live for 80 or 100 years on earth, but how long do you think I'll live? Forever. Forever. Good. Forever. Can you go get a shackle from Miss Jamie? Go over here. Yeah. Um, I'll live forever, right? Do you ever really think about that and process what? Eternity means, and what forever means. Um, I was prior to three years ago. I was living a life very, very focused on me. I was living, uh, you know, I was worried about my career, my job. I wanted a comfortable house. Um, I wanted certain clothes and certain lifestyle. I wanted to visit here and there. But it was all it was all about me, right? And um, and so that brings me to my first point in your message notes that I realized. It's not about me. Anybody ever have this realization that it's not about you? (laughs) Um, It's not about me. And so um, it's about about God. Um, You know, so I was very, very concerned about me. What did I want? How were things affecting me? Um, You know, but I was following the law. I was following the rules. Even, you know, I'd get my salary, and I would take that 10%, and I would put it off to the side, Right because that's what a good, good you know, quote-unquote, good Christian in my eyes were supposed to do. And But the problem was is that that 90% that was left over in my bank account, I was like, okay, this is mine, okay? If somebody needs something, that's, no, no, no. I gave my money to the church. Well, that's, that's your money, right? This is mine. This is God's. And I, and I held on to that, right? I was still very focused about me. Um, so I not that any of these um, things are bad. Tithing is a, a great thing to do and having a comfortable house, it's not bad. Having a career, it's not bad. But these were the things that were a focus on my life. These were, these were things that I was really, really focusing on. And you know, even when I'd pray, I would say, you know, God, I, I would thank him. Like, thank you for blessing this. But can you bless this over here too? Or thank you for blessing that, but can you also bless this thing over here? It, it was all about blessing and thank you for blessing me, right? It was, it was very much a me-centered uh, life. And so um, there's a verse here, Galatians two nineteen and 20. By the law, I died as far as the law is concerned. I died so that I might live for God, okay? I died so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ. I don't live any longer, but Christ lives in me. Now I live in my body by faith in the Son of God, he loved me, and he gave himself up for me. Um, you know, I, through this verse, I see we, we're not here for ourselves, right? We've, we've given up that. And I love this image here of um, me literally on the cross with Jesus, right? He died for me, and then I died to myself so that I can live for him. I, I really like the way this uh, visualizes that. And, um, you know, even to his death, Jesus followed God. And he did that for me, even though all this time, this past 30 some odd years, I've just kind of been worried about myself. Even back here, he was concerned about me. Um, There's another verse here, Isaiah 43, 7. Bring back everyone who belongs to me. I created them to bring glory to me. I formed them and I made them. Um, You know, I I think these are just very, very good verses that show about who our life is about. It's about God. It's not about us. We died so that Christ can live in us. Like we're, we've got um, you know eternity here to live uh, in in heaven. That's that's an amazing gift. Um, But you know, let's try not to focus on these next few years here. Uh, Brings me to my next shekel quiz. All right, are you are you guys are you kids awake? So I have a passport here, OK? And if you can't see, this passport, I'm going to explain it to you, give you some clues. My passport's navy blue, OK? Some of you have green passports, some of you red. Um, mine's blue. Um, there's an eagle on the front. Uh, there's some red, white, and blue in here, very important to this uh, passport. Um, there's lots of stars and stripes and lots of eagles, actually. Um, <laughs> Who can tell me where? <laughs> where is my citizenship? Yes? In heaven. Oh. But in heaven? But this says I'm from the United States of America. I'm from heaven? Yeah. He got us a trick question. Come to Miss Jamie. <laughs> yeah. That's our next point. And I know I've shared this one from the frontier before. We are citizens of heaven. That's our next point for your booklet. Citizens of heaven. We are residents on this earth, but our citizenship is in heaven. This, is a, this to me is a deceit, right? I need it. I need this passport to come in. I, it's, but this is an earthly thing. This is, this is a, a temporary passport. And um, there's a verse here in Philippians 3.20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which, we also, uh, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, I don't remember when this verse came to me, but I do remember it being very important um, at my wedding. If you don't know my wife, um, she's Korean, and I'm not Korean. We come from different countries. And so when I see verses like this, it really like, resonates with me because it, it erases our citizenship it, between our uh, relationship, and it puts us in the same citizenship, right? Anytime I read these stories in the Bible, like the, the Tower of Babel, it's such an interesting story to me because that story has put a different dynamic in our relationship, right? If you don't come from a multicultural uh, relationship, then you don't have that same dynamic that, that we get to experience. So some good, some bad, <laughs> but, but uh, it's just different for us. And so if I think of myself as uh, with this citizenship uh, that my passport says, then I might do things to protect my earthly citizenship, does that make sense? So I might do things to preserve the U.S., like the United States. Um, I might um, really get a, a house and, and protect that area. And I might put that house on some dirt, right? So when we have a house, when we own a property, really we own just a, a piece of dirt. Um, there, there's a country song I, I kind of enjoy, but it talks about dirt. It's just talking about dirt and how they work in the dirt and they put a fence in the dirt. They put a house on the dirt and they're just like really glorifying this dirt. And, um, you know, I like that song, but the, but the message it brings is that that dirt is so important. And so if my citizenship is based on my American citizenship, then, then I'm going to focus on my dirt, okay? I'm going to put a fence around my dirt. I'm going to welcome the, the neighbors that I like, and I'm going to push away the other people that I don't like. You know, the the Bible tells us to to love our neighbor, right? But I'm going to if if I forget where my citizenship is, then I might just only invite certain neighbors, and other people I might say, no, 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 this is my dirt. You go to your dirt. This is mine. Um, I might have to advance my j- <laughs> I might have to advance my job so that I can put a nicer house on my dirt, right? And um, and then I want to. If I have a nicer house, I need to drive a nicer car. I need to ha- wear different clothes. And so this is all related to my citizenship in, on, on earth, right? These are all very, very temporary things. Um, this affects every part of our life. It affects our retirement so that we can spend, you know, when I retire, then I can spend more time on the dirt. You know, it's, it's just, it's affecting every part of our life. And, but when I remember where my true citizenship is, the citizenship in heaven, and when I think about that, I think about things that are furthering the kingdom of God. And so um, instead of being concerned, uh, you know, I might still have a piece of dirt, right? I've got to live somewhere. But I might invite people who are normally not welcome, right? That maybe my other neighbors aren't welcoming. um, And this is into my country or into my actual house, right? This can be in two ways. Um, But I might invite people in that I don't normally, you know, that a citizen of earth might feel unsafe or, uh, too good for them or something like that. Um, you know, rather than seeing my, like uh, one thing, I, I, feel so, so blessed to be the position I am. Um, you guys have just blessed my life and that you, you hire me and, and my ministry and my job is the same place. Right. And, um, that's, I can't even express what gratitude I have for that. But there's going to be a day where my ministry and my job are not in the same, right? Maybe, I, maybe God tells me to serve these people over here, but they can't afford to support me and my life and some food and some shelter. So I might need to get another source of income, right? And so, but as a citizen of earth, I might think that this job, this career is my purpose, forgetting that I'm here as a missionary uh, on, uh, sent by God and... Forget that that's my purpose. So, but as a citizen of heaven, I can see this income as supporting my mission, ministry, right? And so God says, you need to go over here. You still need to live. So I'm going to give you this job to um, give you some income, but that's to support my ministry because I'm a citizen of heaven. My job is temporary, but my citizenship and my ministry is forever. And so, you know, we've got these two things. If I'm focusing on my citizenship on earth, that lasts, you know, another 60, 70 years for me, right? Um, that's, that's not that long. And, but when I focus on heaven, I've got a 20, 30... Uh, I, I mean, it's, you can't even count how high. You know, I, I think of billions or trillions, and it's, it's just uncountable. But that's, that's not, that doesn't even break the ice about how, how long we actually live. And so meditating on this verse, Philippians 3.20... Um, and especially that first sentence, "Our citizenship is in heaven," has really, really been a life change for me. That that's really, really changed the way I look at life. All right, and then we move on, and I have another Shekel quiz for you guys. This one's a little tricky. I'm I'm not sure if somebody can get that this one because, um, and maybe maybe I can pick an unlimited student. What does the word "Lord" mean? What does the word "Lord" mean? I'm gonna. I'm going to look for an unlimited student. Do you, is your hand up? Okay, what is it? King. Very good. That's one word that means king. <laughs> Miss Jamie has a shekel for you, okay? So um, it's, it's a king. Um, some other words that might mean uh, the same is master, ruler, leader, chief, superior, king emperor, commander, anything that is, is the top of the command. One thing I love, absolutely love about teaching kids is that I have to use very, very plain English, right? So not only are our kids young, and they don't use the big words that we use, they're also, many of our kids are not native English speakers, but our lesson is is quite a bit in English. And so um, even our Korean teachers, I, I, I don't know if you can picture Rooted, but we, we have about... Uh, 12 or 14 teachers. Only two of us are native speakers. The rest are Korean speakers. And so, um, you know, when we have our, our vision team meeting, our, our Bible study in the morning, I, I can see these light bulbs go off because we're using uh, more simple English even for the teachers as they're learning it. And so when we teach the kids, I can't just tell them Lord, okay? I can't tell them Jesus is Lord because, to be honest, I didn't really even know what that meant. And so um, I I remember singing Jesus is Lord and saying Jesus is my Lord all, but I'm like, what does that even mean? And if I teach our kids to just start shouting, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, they're just dictating what I tell them, right? So I I don't want the kids shouting that. I want their life to shout it, right? I, I want their life to shout Jesus is Lord, but I'm like, what? What does it mean? So I went to the internet, dictionary.com, and I look it up. Someone or something having power, authority, or influence, a master or a ruler. And like I said, there were some synonyms, and the one that we picked was the word leader. So we chose the word leader uh, for the kids, and we had a whole series called Jesus is our leader, and that's your next point. Um, and what happened is, when I was reading my Bible, when I see the word Lord, then I would substitute leader in my own mind. I would substitute leader, and I, you know, read something about Lord, and then I would in my mind leader, and it just became so automatic that the word leader actually like became a part of my Bible, um, and it really helped me to understand. And so um, there's this verse Romans ten nine. Say with your mouth Jesus is Lord, or Jesus is leader. Jesus is my leader. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. And the translation I'm using here is the NIRV, it's a new international reader's version. And um, I, I love this translation actually, so much so that I went to go buy one for myself. I usually use the internet. And I, but I, I wanted to buy one, and I found out it's a it's a children's Bible. It's made for third graders, and um, so all of the Bible covers had like cartoon characters and things on it. So uh, so I'm kind of using the internet still. But and so it it says very clearly here: say with your mouth, say with your mouth. But I bet that your translation probably says confess. Jesus is Lord, or declare Jesus is Lord. That's what most translations use, confess or declare. But there's another word, declare. How am I going to teach the kids declare? I don't, want the, I don't want the kids saying, I'm declaring, I'm declaring, without knowing what that means. And so I was actually watching this TV show once, funny show, but this, this one particular guy, he was struggling with money. He had some money troubles. And somebody comes to him and says, you need to declare bankruptcy. You need to declare bankruptcy, which is a legal process. It's, you know, but it relieves you of some of your debt, and um, it can it can help you through the process. And so he goes into the he's he's like declare he knows means say it with your mouth. Okay, so I need to declare or say with my mouth bankruptcy. And so he goes into the middle of his office and he says, "I declare bankruptcy," and that's and and he's like. He like takes a sigh of relief, and he's just so relieved. He feels good because he thinks he he just released all of his debts by declaring bankruptcy. And uh, of course, that's it's not true. It's just not true, right? Um, but I feel like when we uh, when we see this verse, declare or say with your mouth, "Jesus is Lord." I feel like as Christians, sometimes we declare and forget that there's that that means something, right? And so um, when I say Jesus is my leader, the, he actually needs to be my leader. And so if he says go here, then I need to go over here. If he says go over there or talk to this person or invite that person, I need to do it. I can't just say he's my leader. Uh, otherwise, I'm, I'm just a, it's a hypocrite. Like, I, I need to do what he's saying to do. And so... Um, yeah, so often we 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 take that verse out of context and we take it and we like, okay, Jesus is Lord. I'm I'm good. And, and forgetting that that the Bible is, you know, pretty thick and there's a lot more in there that we need to read. And so there's another verse here, James 2:19, you believe there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that, and they tremble. Okay? So the demons believe there's they they've met him. They know him. But um but they tremble right and I, I was kind of looking about this about some of the de- demons interaction with jesus in the bible and they actually are forced to submit to him do you ever think about that like the demons are, are still under the authority of jesus um whether they like it or not so i just give you a couple examples in mark 5 we read of a demon possessed man and he says his name is legion because there are a legion of demons inside of him. And they estimate uh, about 2,000 demons inside this man. I mean, that is a massive, massive force of power right there. Um, but those, that legion of demons begged Jesus. It said they begged him again and again. Begged again and again that, that they don't send them out of the area. He wanted to stay right there. And, and then they begged him. That to be sent into a herd of pigs, right? But they, and when Jesus gave permission, then they went. But they still submitted to, to Jesus. In Job, Satan himself had to, to uh, submit to Father God. Father God called all the angels into, into his um, presence, and, and Satan went there with him. And Satan had, to, Satan had some control over Job's life, but only because God allowed it. And only as far as God would allow it, as far as God knew, Job was able to handle. And so we see these examples of even demons believe, even demons submit, uh, they're not going to heaven. I, I'm going to, maybe they're not going to heaven. <laughs> um, and so this uh, last verse under this point, Galatians 5.16 says, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. And that's this power that I've felt over the past few years, is that like I've got this spirit leading me. right? I've got the spirit saying, hey, why don't you go to these people? Why don't you go to this country? Why don't you go talk to that person? Why don't you invite? And and he's he's become quite a leader in my life. And just to give one small testimony of that, um, as you know, I'm a teacher uh, in rooted class, and I told you we have... A number of teachers in with us. Excuse me. You might be deceived that I'm the leader of Rooted, okay? You might think, when you think, who's the leader of Rooted, you might say, ah, Dustin, okay? The kids would say, Mr. Dustin is the leader. But every Sunday, we have, we have, a, we have a Bible, you know, we have a Bible study with the teachers. It's our vision team meeting, and I remind them that we call you a teacher because culturally that's, that's what we call you. But the teacher of this class, the leader of this class, is Jesus. I remind them every Sunday. And so that when there's a time, like I said, 35, 40 kids in a classroom, there's some frustrating times. Um, when we experience one of those frustrations where we want to be anger or show that frustration, I, I encourage them, pray, and ask God to take over and tell you what to say. And so... Uh, When you guys have a message that Pastor Youngho brings, I'm not sure if you know, but Rooted has the same lesson, okay? And so um, when you guys are going through Grace Life, we're also going through Grace Life, okay? And so, which is a little more difficult because there's no characters in the Grace Life series that we've been going through, right? Um, When I teach David and Goliath or Daniel and the Lion's Den, they're characters, there's people. I can show story, like I can show, and it, the kids can visualize. But these are like concepts. And so I'm going to remind you of some of the, the, the titles you had. The Heart of a Giver, which is about money. What is grace? What is eternal life? Why and how did God create man? These are some of the titles that you guys were learning with Pastor Youngho. And it's, those weren't bad. Um, not They weren't easy to teach, but, but they were we, we, we got through it. But here's some more titles. What is brokenness? We taught to the kids. What is the flesh? You guys learned it, so did we. The law of the spirit and set your mind. These were not easy to bring to the kids, okay? And so I'm sitting, you know, I get in on Monday into the office, and I listen to the sermon, and I'm like, oh, my word, Pastor Young, what are you doing to me here? Like, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to bring this to the kids. Like, and... Um, and so I'd stare at my computer and, like, really, really try to think of some creative idea, something to bring it to the kids. I'd search online for other ministries that are bringing this particular message. And, you know, I can find a thousand other children's ministers that are teaching on, uh, you know, Adam and Eve. But when I, when I see what is brokenness, what is the flesh, I, there's not—it's I, I really difficult to find material. And so, like, Monday passes, and I've got nothing. I, I need to make a lesson plan, but I've got nothing. Tuesday comes— Again, I'm researching and, and trying to rack my brain. I can't find anything. And Wednesday comes around. And, you know, I, this lesson plan needs to go to other teachers. Like, I make a lesson plan, put in very, very detail of what we're teaching, so that it, the teacher's job is easy, so that they can read it, they can read the Bible passages, they can pray over it, but they don't need to use their creati- creativity. It, it's on me, right? But Wednesday's here, and I'm like, these teachers need a lesson plan. They need to prep Preparation. And so I'm like, just like, oh, God, like, please help me. And then it's like a light bulb goes off, and he's like, okay, I'm here now. Like, you know, like, you asked for help, I'm here now. And the, and he reminds me, who's the leader of Rooted? And he, he asked me this, like, who's leading Rooted? Is it you or is it me? And it's like, oh, my word. Yes, God, it's you. I tell the teachers that, but I forget it myself. And so once I got, I, once this connection comes between me and God and he's talking to me and we're talking. He says, okay, Dustin, put your hands on the computer, put them on the keyboard, open the file, start typing, and then that lesson plan comes like that. And it's, and it's those lesson plans that you would think are the most difficult to teach the kids where the kids are actually like, oh, "I got it. Okay, we've got this. And where the, the teachers are like, like you can see light bulbs going off during our teachers' meeting of things going off it's it's when i let go and put god in control and um and, and it's just the the best work we have is coming right there and it, and it's it's right when i bring in god with me so last shuckle quiz all right last shekel quiz kids are you ready you guys have been quiet today it's amazing you're not this quiet when i've got you in uh rudy class okay uh, Jesus has given us all a job to do. He's given us all a job to do. What job has Jesus given us to do? What job has Jesus given us all? Yeah? Oh, she says fish for people. That's awesome. Can you go? (laughs) Yeah. Fish for people. Yeah, that's, that's what we use with the kids. And so that brings us to our next point. We are all called to be missionaries. We are all called to be missionaries. That's our last point. Um, so, you know, when sometimes we're, we're here on earth. We're here for 80, 100 years. And you know, I don't know what my purpose will be in five years or 10 years or 20 years as far as, like, my actual job. Right now, God's told me one step, and he says that is to go teach the kids in Rudy class. And every once in a while, when Pastor ho has gone, you can teach from the front and teach all the adults too. That's, that's what he's told me to do right now. In five years, I don't know what I'll be doing. Uh, I don't know what I'll be doing next year, okay? But I do know that I will be making disciples. Um, so there's this verse here, but I, I want to give you some context. Um, it, it's, I'm going to be in Matthew 28, the very last few um, verses there starting at verse 18. But to give you some context, this is the last words of Jesus, okay? Before he ascended into, so after he had died on the cross, he was risen, he spent some time on earth, and then he was about to ascend into heaven. He had some last words for us. And do you ever watch a movie where maybe someone is on their deathbed and they've got this, they, they reach out and there's like this last thing, this last calling on their life, last wish Sometime, and it's like this commission on their life. It's just like, I want you to go do this. Sometimes it's good. It gives a purpose. Sometimes it's like venging their death. Or so, you know, some, it's, it's not always good, but it's, but it's this last wish. And then it, it puts this, this job on the person that's still living, right? Well, Jesus didn't die, okay? Jesus is still alive. He was never on that deathbed. But he did have some last words for us. And this last commission on our life, the last thing that he wants us to do, and it's in these verses. Matthew 28, starting at verse 18. Then Jesus came to them, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, all authority. So you must go and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations. That's what being a missionary is. That's what uh, making disciples in other nations. Baptize them or immerse them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, just immerse their life with, the, with, with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit and with the Father. Just immerse their life. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And this is the most encouraging. And you can be sure that I am with you to the very end. Like, he's right there with us. Um, I, I just love these verses, and I, and I think that they put an amazing job on us. Um, and they put an amazing... Uh, calling on our lives. I used to think that certain people were called to be pastors, okay? Or that certain people were called to be missionaries. Okay? And I do believe that, you know, a, a certain pastor might be called to this uh, ministry and this missionary might be called to that country or this. Like God might tell us where to go, but I I believe this verse tells us that we are all called to at least go and make disciples and to go and be missionaries. I don't believe he was talking to those few people that were right there with him. Otherwise, Christianity would have died really, really quick, okay? He needs us to go and, um, and, and go have this mission. So, you know, missionaries aren't doing anything special. I mean, they are, but it's nothing that you and I can't do. They dedicate their lives to making disciples, which is what we're called to do. And so uh, I have some pictures of some of our friends who have gone overseas. And, you know, when I picture them, I think of them as like super Christian, right? Do you ever like like superheroes, super Christian? Um, but when I got the chance to meet them and get to know them, I realized these are, these are normal people that have just made Jesus their leader. And they've just taken, God said, okay, I want you to take this step. They go. And this step, they go. And then he's like, okay, I've got a big step for you. And they, they went um, out of our country. But when I look at their life, it's actually kind of exciting for me to envision right they're going and telling uh you know going up and and trekking in the mountains and they've got to take helicopters to these villages and working on projects and they're just loving on people right um you know a lot of what they do is administration and my i mean my background's not in teaching actually um i my background's in business administration and i'm like wow i can i can administer i can do some stuff like that um you know and then uh but the, the it's just the background that they have been given and the steps that they've taken, and so um, the couple on the left there, you know, they they live a, a seven day hike from the nearest road, and I thought, man, they must be just preaching every day and just like telling people about Jesus. And I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Like, I'm I'm okay once in a while, uh, but I, I can't do that every day. And uh, and and um, but we got to have breakfast with them, and the thing they said is like, we we can't just go preaching about jesus right i i it's illegal where you right and um so they don't they follow the law they they do what they're supposed to the the laws of the country that they're in but they said we love people we love people and i was reminded of this verse galatians five twenty two, where it talks about the fruit of the spirit but the fruit of the holy spirit produces love joy and peace it is being patient kind and good. It is being faithful and gentle and having control against oneself. And the next verse, there is no law against things of that kind. Like that's the verse I was just reminded. There's no law against that, okay? We can love on people. Like there's, we can go anywhere and love people. There are closed countries. Some of you guys are from countries that are closed off to Christianity. And someday you're going to go back to your country and, and you may not be able to to preach the gospel, right? But you can love on people. And then you, you can let God's spirit speak into their lives um, and and put him in control. And so um, I, m- meeting them and talking with them and spending time was one of the biggest blessings I had um, because I, I just really got to see this, you know, what it is like to to go and make disciples. So, um, you know, for me, making disciples is rooted class. Um... For you, it might, be, it might be in your home. It might be with your kids. Uh, it might be in your workplace. Or God might be telling you to go somewhere else. He might be telling you to go to another country. Um, like I said, some of you are going to be going to your, your home country, right? And then you can take what you've been learning and what, how you've been growing. You can take that to your country where maybe the gospel's not able to be preached. Um, and so you know, my encouragement for you is to really take hold of that identity know that that holy spirit is in there know that life isn't about you remember your citizenship and your leader every single day and then to go tell the world and just go go tell the world about jesus um this is what like i said this is what god's been doing to me and these little baby steps as i take a little baby step it's not much like it's like uh go ahead and take this job right here and i take a little step and then, um, okay, I want you to, to do this. And I take one more step. And, it, and it's these little tiny baby steps. And when I look back, it's been a massive change. When I, when I first agreed to take that first step, um, and the first step was just telling uh, Pastor John that I'd think about it. <laughs> when he asked me, hey, we need a rooted uh, director. Can you do that? And I said, uh, I'll, I'll think about it, okay? That was my first step. And, and it was a very small step. And, um, you know, over time, it uh, just became what it is today.